of Life and Pinstripes. I'm TJ Stolzenberg. I'm James Yevin. And this is episode number 30. Edwin Encarnacion. Eddie. The Parrot. Big Eddie. We need you back, bud, by the way. He'll be back soon. Could use you for the playoffs. Yes, since they are technically around the corner. And I might need to add real quick, we are a CMG, Clovercrest Clover Media Group, Group podcast. podcast. Thank you. We are humbled and love As being always. under your umbrella. But yes, it is playoff time, ladies and germs. We have two games left in the regular season. But it's pretty much playoff time right there. It's pretty much playoff time. They are The fate is sealed. Correct? Yes, everything Astros are solidified. Astros have home field advantage. We have the two wildcard teams, which I'm actually happy we're not facing because... Yeah, uh, you feel... So A's and Rays got in for AL. Yep. What? What? Like I, it's just you know what it is the yeah. A's have had our number the all A's, season. Yes, the A's we don't. I don't like playing the Coliseum because it seems like they're we, we, whatever juice magic they got at Yankee Stadium. We puke there. We we don't. We went. We got swept by them this year. Yeah, it's like the Hangover. Pretty that's much. that's all it's I like remember. Get, it's like whenever they go to the Coliseum, they're like, Bleh! there was Bleh! there was a, a series. I'm like, we just got swept. But when we, we got when, swept by the Rays too at Tropicana yeah, Field. That also happened. The hell place. The so ballpark. It only two teams that swept us. Yeah. But the interesting thing is, I feel like we always play the Minnesota Twins in the playoffs. You think of 2009, 2010, 04. I can think of every year we play the Twins in the first round. And I think we've swept them almost every year. Now this is where we both agree. We're a little apprehensive. This is di- they are a different squad. These are a different Twinkies out there. Think of it this way: you got the Yankees and the Twins, both teams that hit over three hundred home runs. Yes, both technically a major league record for team home runs in a year. Yankees sitting at three hundred five. The Twinkies right just, behind us. Just right behind us. Three hundred three. Yeah, we hit six home runs last night. We were at 299, and I believe they were at 297 to start the day. They were at 299, yeah, to start off the day. Then they hit six. So we hit six. I'm thinking, all right, that'll give us a little space. Nah. <laughs> no. They also hit. So these Twinkies, they can hit. They're powerful Twinkies. Powerful Twinkies. And, you know. I keep on laughing every time. You say Twinkies, <laughs> by the way, because I keep on thinking. Twinkies. Uh, think of that delicious. The nuclear dessert yep. that's never going to die. Of course. Is that true? A Twinkie doesn't. It doesn't age. Like, I'm pretty sure we could be here until we're like 106 years old and still be there. And it would still taste like a vanilla creamed pastry? Pretty, pretty much, yeah. With no think dust? Think about how much chemicals is in there. <laughs> I don't think that's actual anything. No, I think not it's a just chance. High fructose corn syrup number 90 and uh, food coloring. <laughs> but it still, tastes, it still tastes delicious, though. Oh, yes. It is, it is what I would live on when the world comes to an end. But I hope the Yankees season does not come to an end. We. No. First off, let's get through these two games without anybody else getting hurt. For God's sake. For the love of Pete. For my God, the James Paxton thing yesterday, when I heard that he got pulled after the first inning, I'm like, I please, thought, no, without a chance. I thought he just did his typical give up a few runs in the first inning thing because he it, does have an ERA above 10 in the first inning. Which, yeah, but he's not, he hasn't been that way the last like 11 starts. Yeah, yeah, but I still, you know, I always related to the last time I saw him and the last time I saw him was like two months ago. But I always turn the TV on when it's the third inning and he's already back to normal. But course, yes. we were talking, who is going to be our rotation? We also, we know Domingo Herman is gone. For good. 
for good. Thank uh, you, dude. <laughs> sounds like his girlfriend's not going to be pressing charges, but we also don't know the rules and the regulations. They just say, hey, we're not messing with that. Get out of here. We'll figure yeah. you out next year. Um, so okay. thanks, Domingo. So who the heck is going to be our rotation? I don't know. Well, we were thinking about this. Everyone kept on saying Paxton for game one. I'm like... Uh, why would you give a guy with no postseason experience the game one nod? That is also true. I forgot about that. I, my dad and I had this argument. Well, not argument. I was like discussion. Discussion. I was like Tanaka, right? And he, he's saying, since since Paxton was like six and six, and you can remember he was six and six at one point. At one point, now he's like fifteen and six. He's yeah, like one his last and like, like eleven nine straight. Yeah, eleven or ten straight starts yeah. with one no decision mixed in between. He's won every single game. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, that's an ace. And hot hand. So I will say that does look like the guy you want to go with. I un- I see. I completely understand that. But you're on the mound for your first postseason start. Unless you're Roy Halladay, who pitched a no-hitter in his first ever <laughs> postseason start. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Roy. That was a- that was impressive. But anyway... I love James Paxton. I always loved him. I, w- I was questionable at first when he came to New York, but he's literally proved me completely wrong. And you know who he is and what, why I like him? I love like what CeCe's done in his career. As his velocity's gone down, he's become a pitcher, a chess player. He's locating and changing speeds. Now, Paxton seems to do that all in the game. By the third inning, if he hasn't found it in the first... He finds it in the second, and then he's absolutely lights out usually the rest of the game. Yep. That's my only fear uh, in this playoff. The adrenaline that comes, plus his first inning woes, uh, I'll take just one run given up and then do go do your thing, Paxton. But I still think Masahiro Tanaka is our guy. Absolutely. I don't know why people keep on hating on him. Yet, he has a couple of moments where he has his bad starts, but it he- matters most. In October. And he's a big game. He came to this team to pitch across the Pacific to pitch big games. And he has delivered every season we've made it to the postseason. Actually, except for, for 2015. That's when we lost. But anyway, the point is, is that <laughs> yes, I still remember that. But still, anyway, the point is is that Tanaka comes out clutch whenever you need him. He's gonna come out of game one and he's gonna be dominant. Masahiro, his head the word hero is in his name. Come on. Masahiro Tanaka. He's got to live up to his name, pretty much. I mean, Masahiro. Granted, this season, you know, a lot of inflated ERAs in our starting staff this year. But it has been better recently. Heine, Heine. But, but, Heine. I will say this. A lot of his starts would be four or five almost no-hit innings. Then, (laughs) a gargle throw-up inning of six earned runs, and boom, he'd be taken out of the game. Well, think of it this way. Consistency is a problem. He would have that stretch where you give up one earned or two runs in his last like ten start, or yep. it's like five or six starts, and then he has the the gross outing like he had against the Red Sox. What was the how much how much did he run? He gave up twelve earned <laughs> runs. You figure after he gets to nine or ten, you figure the guy would be out of there, but instead he gave up twelve earned runs. And my voice hurts, by the way, talking about all this. Why? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> We can't afford that sound effect to come out of our pitching staff. No, I need uh, I need to be stress free on Friday. <laughs> I'm feeling incredibly confident, but also I'm staying with the humble pie. Thing, humble pie, baby, as always. Humble pie. 
But you need Tanaka in game one, as always. I think Tanaka game one. Now, interested to see what Severino and what his pitch count is tonight. Second to last game of the year. His pitch count has steadily increased. He went 60 pitches, I believe, in his first outing. I think he went, went close, close to, to 75, 80. 75, 80. This is the outing where he can go Could to go 100. 100. And you can look at a normal start. Yet to give up an earned run. Looks absolutely dominant. Now, granted, he's played some throw-up-in-your-mouth teams and lineups. He's played the Angels, the Blue Jays, the Rangers. They're, they're no better. No, yeah. off- no offense. But anyway. Well, uh, now that you've said that, good luck tonight, Sevy. You just basically jinxed him for a niner run. Oh, I'm, gonna but sh- I'm just going to I undid it, but I just redid it. So now I'm on the redo. Back to normal. All right. Is it possible we could do like a Back to the Future where I could just zip by the last like, 30 seconds? I don't know because you know what? Here's Here's what I'm looking at. The whole season has been next man up for the New York Yankees. Always has, always will be. And I hope that they're not grown tired of that as a whole There's unit. M- clearly they haven't if they've been successful They haven't, but that. lately what I've seen in the last week or two just seems they've, stale. They've kind of, you know what it is, they've sit back and relax after they won the division. Clearly, they did not play their best against the Tampa Bay Rays, where they literally only scored like one run. They In had three only games. one hit the other day. Actually, it was a two-game series. Oh, right, right, right. They literally had one hit. And I'm like, what is going on? It's now, like, yeah, I understand. Charlie Morton is a great pitcher, but, yeah. but man, you got to score. But, but come on. I, I will say, yes, we scored 11 runs last night and had 20 hits. Yeah, something like that. And that's how great of analysis I am. I'm bringing up the... They scored 14 runs, by the way. Oh, wow. They kept going? 14 to fourteen to 7 was the final yesterday. Yeah, I saw it. And there was like 11 to... It was 11 to 3. To 1. Or th- well, I don't know. I fell, 11 I fell to asleep 2. at 10 p.m. last night, so... Early bird. Well, I had to rest the voice up. Yes, and you've done well. Speaking of which, why is your voice... Well... You know the whole deal when you work with kids. He's working with children. It's a germ haven. Literally (laughs) nonstop bacteria all around the entire classroom. (laughs) And it's a combination of that and also redirecting them to make a safe or green choice, as I call it. (laughs) It's a combination of both getting sick and not raising my voice, but like directing them to make sure that they're doing the right thing. They are just little cones of death and germs. They are boogers dripping, saliva spitting, chewing on everything, hands in the mouth, and then touching everybody. Of course. Kids. Or, of course, my favorite part is when they go to the bathroom and they don't (laughs) wash their hands. (laughs) I'm like, get get out of here. Get out of here. How old are are these kids? They're four years old. (laughs) (laughs) Do some kids, like, come out of the bathroom with their pants down? Nope, I have not seen that. I'm praying to God that does not happen. What's the funniest thing you've seen so far? Like, just that you've actually kind of, like, laughed at. Well, the funniest thing I've seen is... uh, I accidentally got kicked in the face by accident because <laughs> I was trying to scare some children, you know, because sometimes I just like to move around, you know, play around with them outside in, the, in a recess. And then I, and it was, I kind of like just like went like that, but his foot literally just went straight up into my face. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm like, no, I didn't, obviously I didn't react because I thought it was funny at first. Everyone was laughing at it, even the. You other teachers you got tickled and you like kicked you like a yeah. horse. <laughs> that's awesome so yeah that so that's that happened uh, oh yeah one kid had a uh, boogers <laughs> hugged me from behind I'm like no no go wipe, go wipe your nose first wipe your nose <laughs> that's the thing I love about kids like man the honesty in them 
I love that old show, Kids Say the Darnest Things. Like They do say the darnest things. They're the truth that just pours out of them. Oh, I've heard uh, <laughs> kids will call Mr. you out. Mr. James, you're my daddy. Mr. James, you're 70 years old. I'm like, where did you get that from? <laughs> You're just dude, you're just so old to them. Remember, I know. Remember like, when you were four? I'm like how old? Like remember when you were in middle school? How of old course. high schoolers seemed? Yeah. Now yeah. they're like they all seem like they had mustaches and like five o'clock shadows. But I look at a high schooler as like a tiny baby now. I I'm old. Yeah, I know. It's oh. yeah, it's insane. It's I like special. to think I'm in my mid to late twenties, but it's, it's I yeah. The bloom has been blum, and I am turning into a plum. Yeah, I but know. I will say this. I'm glad. By the way, this is the first time I ever told you the stories, except for getting kicked in the face. No, I like that story. I, I just <laughs> like the idea of the kids and like you're sick and you. I picture you like just screaming at the kids. It's like, not easy to do just that. A kindergarten cop, just like sit down, <laughs> Jeremy. Do not put your booger on Cynthia. <laughs> just random things you yeah, never yeah. expected to say in your life, but you got you got to love yeah. you got to love kids for that reason. Oh yeah, I I love what I do. By the way, I just want to shout that out right there. That's good, and it's important to love what you do. Now, of course, that statement leads me into a little life aspect oh, yeah. of my own. Oh yes. Now, the story I'm about to tell may be a graphic one. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I'm not going to use names because we don't need that nonsense. We keep everything anonymous. Anonymous. Unless if you want your name to be called out, then we'll give you a shout yeah, out. Yeah, if you do something nice, we'll, we'll say a name. But yeah. not a lot of nice things happened uh, in this situation. Basically, short story long, I worked at a bar that was a country club. Uh, the style at which um, was not to tip. Usually you had a higher hourly and the whole point of bartending and the motivation behind bartending is to get tipped and love and make connections with people. And I did. I, I, I formed a network of good, awesome golf dudes that love to come see me. And I honestly love and uh, um, I will miss them. Now, that kind of gives a little spoiler yeah. to what I'm going to say. But Spoiler alert! I no longer work there. But the way in which I don't work there anymore was a first for me. I've never had to take a moment in my life where I had to actually draw a line in the sand. Now, there's a moment in every man's life and woman where you're just getting pooped on. Mm -hmm. Whether it be a four-year-old pooping on you or life or bills or sickness or death. Adulting everything. Adulting, adultery, anything just poops on you. Yep. Now, you can take it. You take it. You're eating it. You're swallowing that poop. And saying, oh yeah, it tastes good. You lie to yourself for a little bit. It'll turn around. It'll start to taste like carrots, at least. Everybody everybody thinks that way. And when it doesn't start to taste like carrots, and the beating just keeps becoming more of a worse beating, and the wounds open larger, what doesn't help is to have someone that you work with, or work above you, which is even worse, that just has it out for you. Whether it be personal connections in the past, or whether they remind you of someone that did something wrong to them, whatever the reason may be, there was a certain someone that just wouldn't give me a millimeter. Now, this woman thinks, and yes, she's a woman, thought she gave me an inch all the time, and she thought she was being patient with me, but really she was coming down on me very hard. Very, very hard. Now, it was kind of a dramatic scene the day where I had to decide no mas. I've never done that. If a job ever got so bad, I eventually just 
found another one and was like, all right, I'll finish up the year. I'll finish up the time. This is the first time I ever was just like, this is it. This is the moment. Now, I was reaching for my phone to make a personal call and I was very distraught as so much to tears. Tears were coming down my face. Mm -hmm. And work and a place and a person or whatever should never make you feel like that. Now, I have a little bit too much patience in life. We talked about the Limitless episode. Of course. And I... When's the fine line? When's that line? How much of a beating do you take when it comes to women or uh, your girlfriend or jobs, anything, jobs, anything, any, anything that's going negatively at the moment? Now, I had that moment, and after the fact, after I wiped the tears in the initial couple hours, I realized how much weight I did not feel on my shoulders anymore. The yeah, fact feel I weird. didn't have to go back there to that place, put that shirt on, you know. Mm-hmm. And I will give a shout out to some other bosses there, and even her. I will say, thank you for the experience. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, obviously, it wasn't like one of those two-week situations. It was a, this is enough for me. I'm walking. Well said, by the way. Well and, said. And uh, I will say this. My teammates, I will shout out to them. Tanner, God bless you, young boy. You stay Tanner. You stay yourself. You're awesome. Morgan, Ian, Kitchen. I know the kitchen in front of the house don't really... Mixed, but you guys are awesome. Thank you for making it fun. I will miss you all, so I appreciate it. But that was my life aspect. I walked out on a job. Yeah, I can kind of. Uh, yes, I'm gonna kind of tell you a little bit of that part. I never actually walked out like on a day. Like I'm gonna be like I walked out. Been but driven I, to that point. But I know. But I've reached that point where I'm just like I do not want to go to this freaking job ever again. And how many people can relate to that? Oh yeah. That's- so relatable. You know that job I told you when I worked with the autistic teenagers? Mm, then they got the the violent the ones. The very violent, towards the point where I'm just like, how much more can I possibly take? I'm like, this is not worth getting paid this amount of money to get my ass kicked every day. And God bless the ones who do yep, put up as, al- as always. with mentally challenged and it, the difficult of it. Yeah. But when it's just not a correct situation, not amount of staff members, and nope, you're, you're getting course. a beating. And I'm getting a beating. Of When's course, the line? It's like, of course, now I'm like getting bit, beat physically. There's been times where oh, the, yeah. my coworkers actually looked at me and said, like, what the hell are you doing? And it's like... That hurts. Was, that it hurts. does hurt. One time they called me lazy. I'm like, I do not want to Here go. is my biggest pet peeve. I was called lazy by this, by this girl. Yeah. And the thing was, what she would see would be the only data she would use. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't even think about what's happening while she's not there. Yeah. Now, on the day where I walked, I had busted my behind mm-hmm. for two straight hours. God bless my teammate, Fung. Shout out to you, young young lady. I know you're not watching because you're 70 years old and four-foot-tall Vietnamese woman. But anyway! But <laughs> she was my only teammate, and she can't travel much ground, so I had to cover 20 tables inside and about 20 golfers finishing a tournament outside. I busted my hump. You know, we ran out of vodka. We ran out of Tito's, Kettle One, Grey Goose, and all my guys are drinking vodka. That should never happen, by the that way. That should never happen. I told, I told you that. That's irresponsible. Very irresponsible. But I had to pour off some platinum-flavored whatever and just figure it out until my... Big Boss came back with the backup vodka, but I busted my hump. Now, after that beating, there's just cups everywhere and the the battlefield afterwards. She ended up showing up then. She had a later shift start, and all she sees is that, and she thinks, I've just 
done nothing. She thinks I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. That's like, it's like, no. Like, no. Don't no. call me that. It's like... And it, it's just, it's unmotivating. When any hard work never got a single good job. It's just, out there, if you're a boss, and let's hope you're a boss someday if you're not, remember to at least point out the good. Because... That will carry you through the tough moments when you have employees going through rough little outings Mm -hmm. or stints or something negative happens where you do have to come down on them. But I couldn't have had less motivation to do well. And I really just kept it there. Loyalty to one of my managers and the other. Yep. But loyalty to myself and my customers because bartending is a relationship. I had the the respect of of the people that went there. And that's what mattered to me. And of course. of course, I would love my my boss to work. I want to work well together and work smoothly. But it came to the point where I was trying to hide, and that can't just, that can't happen. So, a lot of people out there. Yep. Guess what? Share us a story if you want on one of our social medias where yep. you had a tough work story where you and maybe had to draw a line in the sand. Yeah, or where you just like I, enough's enough, or I quit this and that. Oh, I wish I should remind you. We're on Apple Podcasts now. Yeah, not quitting. The opposite. Begin, not beginning. Beginning a new lifestyle. Here we are. Spotify. Apple Podcasts. Basically iTunes, right? Pretty much. Pretty much. iTunes. Hey. YouTube. YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Trans- Transistor. Transistor. Where you can find us. You can pretty much download. You can pretty much find us. Give us some clicks, man. Share us out there because the more you do that, the more we're going to get to do this. Of course. And uh, share some stories with you. So, uh, yep. You know what's interesting? Every time Transistor is said, I can't help but think of Twisted Transistor by Korn. Does anyone oh. remember that song? You know how many times you know how many times I struggle with trying to send the word transistor? There's, there's been times I'm like transistor? Transistor what? Hey, remember the music video? It's been a while. The music video was like, I wanna say it was like exhibit not Ja Rule, uh, Snoop Dogg. I probably got like all those wrong. Yeah. But they were all rappers oh, yeah. playing all the members of Korn, oh, bassist, right? drums, and lead singer. Oh. I forgot who was singing. So it wasn't actually the lead singer of Korn singing. It was a, a yeah. rappers. So it just had like this cool like hip-hop, like hard rock, metal like thing going. And man, do I love me some hip-hop, metal combined. Of course. As you saw as I was doing a little... I was thinking. I was thinking of that. <laughs> hey, it's kind of it's flowing smoothly, if you can tell right now. So. You but know, anyway... You know what I was thinking of? I was talking about... 2001, very interesting year for the New York Yankees and the world of the United States. Pretty much. 9-11 happened. Yeah. Right around then, Linkin Park came out with hybrid theory. Now, that's in my mind where like, I think of like the first, for me, like hip-hop and hard rock and metal com- combination. And that's where I birthed. And those, I was six years old, so I don't remember. I was lot. 10. I was 10. God, I'm so much older than you. <laughs> Like four years, pretty much. It's not that bad. That's like being a senior in high school dating a middle schooler. You're pretty much you're pretty much my older brother. Think of it that way. Yes, we are brothers. Yes, I I bestow knowledge upon thee. I like to think the brotherhood, and I learn from you as well. Yes, I will say this: 2001, interesting year. I thought about it. 
right around when the Yankees had that dramatic series where they had the big comeback home run. Scott Brocious, Tino Martinez, Derek Jeter, Mr. November. In the Bronx. And yes, Derek Jeter was... The infield was in. You jammed Luis Gonzalez, plopped over his head, yeah. Mariano pitching, and we lost game seven. But, uh, yeah, it was tough. But one. it's okay. You know what? But New York got what they we needed. Moved. Yeah, it brought every, they it needed. kind of brought everyone together. And I still remember everyone was talking about, is it Arizona Diamondbacks against the, the, wor- country, against the world? The country? That tends to happen now. It's like... You go back to things like Virginia Tech, the shooting at Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. The next game... God knows who they're playing. Virginia Tech, let's say they're playing North Carolina. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but you always cheer for that team. Uh, the world is behind you. Of course. And that's that's where I base my humanity in because that's where humanity shines. Unfortunately, it's in tragedy where we see our true colors. I hate, I don't want to say true colors in the negative way of seeing the nasty side of human beings. Or you think of what happened with... Uh... Jose Fernandez and his death and the Miami Marlins, the home run by D. Gordon, which yes, was three. That is exactly which, the which part I'm talking about. Which was three years ago, by the way. I, not yeah. not in this day, but a couple days ago, it was like three years ago. And you're like, oh, I remember. But that's that. exactly what I'm talking about. You see the power that human beings. It's as if we're waiting for something bigger to always be happening, and all those athletes that step into a role understand it's something bigger than themselves of course so they become a meat suit or a a vessel of something bigger d gordon who does not hit home runs no he's literally as thin as me pretty much (laughs) thinner if not thinner yeah he's known for stealing like 50 bases and batting like 300 he doesn't hit home runs remember that after hernandez's uh fernandez's yeah i apologize fernandez's death and the boating accident that shocked Everybody, it was like one of those moments. I'm like, young. He's a, in the Cuban community in Miami, and you just you feel. And D. Gordon, bomb, pointing up as he hits home plate. Mm-hmm. That moment in sports. That's why sports are the greatest drama. Now you look at this year, Tyler Skaggs, the combined no hitter the, in his first home game back since after his death. They're all wearing. Everyone is wearing 45. Of course, everyone's wearing a Skaggs number. Yeah. Basically, giving some love to the man. I was thinking about writing like 45 like on my arm when we did the episode to commemorate him. Not a bad idea. We should have done that. That's But okay. we still are commemorating him now. As always. The team goes out there. First pitcher. Sorry, I don't know your name. Throws seven innings. No hit ball. Next guy comes. And throws two innings. You definitely have it. But somewhere. Who knows, who knows where. I mean, you keep talking. I'm gonna I will say this. That's where the moment is big. That's where... Human beings are. That's the people I choose to believe in. That's the power in the story. You know, I know there's always knuckleheads out there. James, if you don't find that in three seconds, I don't know. It's in a different notebook somewhere. I was like, dude, all I can hear is pages turning, and that's all the people. Yeah. Anyways, the point is such. Well, it shows I was trying. At he least. Was, God bless you for trying. Yeah. It's, it's stuff like that, and you... You love that. You love these stories. But the combined no-hitter, the teammates all take off their jersey, put it on the mound. This was two months ago, and we're still talking about that. Think of that. (laughs) That's like one of the best moments of the entire season right there. You know, the sports, 
I just, uh, you just can't. You think of that, Jeter, Mr. November. Mike Piazza, 10 days after 9-11, he hits that home run that rocks um, Shea Stadium. Rocks Shea Stadium, man. I was just thinking about that. Great documentary, I'm about to say. Nine innings to ground zero. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It's like when baseball returns back after 9-11. Of course, the Mets, the Yankees play their first games back. And And the Yankees, uh, they went to the World Series that year, obviously. Facing the Diamondbacks. George Bush, Game 3. That was what I was going to say. The moment the, Mark Grace, the first baseman for the Arizona Diamondbacks, had a yep. great little squibbit. He's like, you know what? So the moment is this. George Bush comes and Throws he, a perfect he strike, by the way. Could have had Secret Service. Could have had anybody. Yeah, he's wearing a bulletproof vest. And they did, if you watch the documentary, have Secret Service dress yep. up as an umpire. So there was someone out there. Yep. But he went out there, stood on the mound... Looked back at all the people cheering USA at the top of their lungs, yep. and he gives a thumbs up. Yep, I remember that still. And then, he, like James said, he throws a strike it's like a, right down like the a, middle. Like a curveball, pretty much. Right down strike. the middle. And Mark Grace said, you know, I didn't vote for him, but in that moment, he was my representer. He was right there. And that's where sports can give the platform for things bigger than life and bigger than ourselves. And... Great documentary, Nine Innings to Ground Zero. That was a great documentary. I cry too. every time I watch that. And we'll we'll end it with this note. Memories, because it's September recently, 9-11 yeah. anniversary. It's been 18 years. I vividly remember where I was that day, by the way. As do I. I remember everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're here at the end of our 30th minute. So 30th minute of our 30th episode. Dang, man. Our first episode back in January, we were at a bar, and here we are. Here we are, man. So guess what? Tell them where you can find us real quick. You can find us on Twitter at Life Pinstripes, Instagram Life and Pinstripes. We're on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Transistor. Where you? I know. We're growing. Yeah. We're growing little by little. Little by little. And then it will be exponential at one point. And eventually, my voice will be back for episode number 31. And eventually, James will grow up. Yes. Aaron Hicks. All right. Next week. I'm James Evan. I'm TJ Stolzenberg. And never forget to rock, rock and or roll. roll.